Amen. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 13 this morning. Revelation chapter number 13. I'm not preaching on gluttony today. How many of you are glad for that? Huh? Revelation 13. I am, though, preaching on the Antichrist as we continue our series in end times prophecy. I took a, a little detour and I went ahead of uh, us here last week. I talked on what we referred to as the false prophet. And I did that on purpose. I wanted to set the stage for the Antichrist. And I want us just to understand that some of the things that even that we're seeing in today's world now are things that are preparing for the tribulation. You know, it isn't like everything's going to just go on as normal and then all of a sudden we're going to be raptured out and, and then everything is going to just start to change at that point. We are seeing, we are seeing the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're seeing things unfold. The world is changing before us. There's things that we're looking at, like a, a one-world uh, economy, a one-world banking system, globalism, if you would. We're seeing all of those types of things come to pass. I mentioned this last week, and and um, I mentioned about even this past, this vaccine that is being pushed around the world. And many want to know, is this something to do with end times prophecy? And I don't believe that the vaccine has anything to do with the mark of the beast, but it is definitely a precursor of what is to come. Because without the mark of the beast, you can't buy, sell, or trade. Could you imagine having a mark without the mark? You're not able to go into a restaurant and eat. Could you imagine not being able to work a job if unless you take the mark? Could you imagine not being able to spend money unless you have the mark? And in that mark, it'll probably be all of the information of everything about you, from your health to, to, your, uh, to your finances, everything will be there in that, in that mark. You know, several years ago, maybe longer than several years ago, but previous generations, as they would preach on the topic of the mark of the beast, you know, it was very difficult to understand. So what would that mark be? And we're seeing even today, even in the world today with, with uh, um, just, just uh, uh, ch computer chips, they're speaking of being able to be implanted into a, a human body, into the, the hand and scan and all of your information come to pass. We're seeing all of these things unfold. And I hope as a church, as we see things unfold, it doesn't bring us to alarm, but what it does, it brings us to peace knowing this, that God's word is true and everything that he says is going to come to pass. We can trust the almighty God. We can trust him and we trust his word. And when we get into certain parts of the Bible and certain segments of it, it becomes very scary and very, very uh, uh, nervous for us as we see the tribulation and as we see judgment of God. But I want us to understand on the other side of all of that is the lamb of God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords in who we will worship for all of eternity. And so as we study this, we come to Revelation, back to Revelation 13. Last week, I studied verse number 11 down through 18. This week, I wanna go back to the beginning of Revelation 13. And let's see what John saw. John said this, and I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea. 
having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Or who is greater than this, this man, this beast? There was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 in two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given unto him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth shall with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Father in heaven, today we ask that you would bless our time that we have in your word. Thank you, Lord, for the time of worship. Lord, I pray that hearts were encouraged today. Lord, I know for many this week, it's been a wonderful week. They've spent time with family. They've spent time together and they've done things together and they've made great memories. But Lord, there are many in our church this week that they are suffering a sickness. Lord, there's many this week that wasn't able to be with family and I pray, Lord, that you would comfort them. I pray that you would meet their needs. Lord, I pray that you'd heal them. Lord, I wanna thank you for this church. And Holy Spirit of God, we pray that you'd meet with us today. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would enlighten us, reveal truth to us. Lord, as we study these end times, Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged and energized to live our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ till you come. Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that does not know you as their savior, Holy Spirit of God, I pray even now that you would begin to convict them, show them their need of the Messiah, savior, Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, they'd repent of their sin and they'd turn to the cross and Lord, to the fact that you rose again and they would trust you and believe and put their faith in Jesus Christ today. So Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would do a work that only you can do and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today we look at this antichrist and the Bible has prophesied of this antichrist. We speak, uh, we read much of the antichrist that's going to come. And the antichrist has different names that you could read. One is we see here, the antichrist is called the beast. We also know of him as the man of sin. If you're reading through the book of Revelation, you might even 
uh, the Bible refer to him as the little horn or the son of perdition. And so as you're reading through and studying through the, uh, about the Antichrist, you will come across different names and they're all the same person. This is, this is the beast, the Antichrist, the one who Satan is going to fill, is going to empower, is going to give power and give authority. This Antichrist is going to be one that is going to rule the entire world. And we're seeing this, even in today's world, we're seeing a push for everything to become one. We're seeing this in today's world. And so here we find the beast of the sea in chapter number 13. And I want you to see something here, several things, the social, social chaos that's gonna deliver the beast, we're gonna see here in this passage of scripture. Because what is going to happen is the world is longing for peace. The world is looking for peace. We see it in today's world as well. But guess what we never find? We never find the peace that the world so desperately desires. And there's going to be great social chaos that is going to come into this world and we're seeing this even today. Chaos is around the world. Rioting in the streets. Burning down of major cities. Crime is on the rise. There are jockeying for, for major players within the world economy, China, in Russia. When, when uh, the, the uh, Soviet Union collapsed, you know, many thought this was a, a wonderful thing. The Soviet Union is no longer in power. I, I want you to see that Russia is in end times prophecy. Russia is still alive and Russia is still powerful and Russia is still going to play a major role in end time prophecy. Russia is not dead. China is going to play a major role in end time prophecy. All the stirrings that we see within the Middle East is going to play a, a major role in end times prophecy. I believe the energy crises that we're seeing in today's world, they're going to drive things into chaos and we're going to see this happen. And this is the, the events that are going to drive the uh, uh, end times to be, and the beast is going to be delivered as the one who's going to come and begin to bring peace to a world, but it's false peace. We're seeing this all around the world today, even within our, our, our markets and within, within the economy and even within gas prices, we see things continuing to boil and continue to rise around this world. This past week, this past week, I saw even this, a, a new variant of the COVID is, is coming to play. And I saw even a country in Europe is now ha, has even began to shut things down once again. And governments are, are making decisions and it's causing major chaos within this world. All of this you're seeing. All of this is going to come into play and going to deliver the beast. And then the last final move is going to be the rapture of the church. And with the rapture of the church, total chaos is going to take place in this world. This beast, this man of sin, this little horn, this son of perdition. The Bible tells us this, the John is standing upon the sand of the sea and he saw a beast rise up out of the sea. The sea represents evil, all evil and all wicked people. Go with me to Revelation chapter 17. Much of Revelation, the way to understand Revelation is to study the book of Revelation. 
Much of Revelation is revealed by the book of Revelation. Matter of fact, much of Revelation we also find in the book of Daniel. Daniel is understood much of it because of Revelation, and much of Revelation is understood because of Daniel. And we're going to be back and forth in that a little bit here today. But we find this in Revelation chapter 17. Look with me in verse number 15. And he saith unto me, the waters which thou sawest, the sea, where the whore sitteth are people and multitudes and nations and tongues. There's a, a great sea of people and, and a great sea of, of multitudes, nations and tongues. Great chaos is happening around the world. And through all of that wickedness, through all of that chaos, what we're going to find is the beast is going to rise out of this trouble. A beast. We're going to look at the situations that we've see today all around us, we're going to see the turmoil, the agitation that's taking place. And through all of this is what's going to come the Antichrist. The Bible speaks of this. There's a 200 million man army that's going to come. And we'll see that a little bit later as we looked at, as we look at battles of Armageddon, Gog and Magog, and we try to understand those battles that'll take place. And we read of this, there's a 200 million army, you know, 200 million. You say that, that's just an incredible army. It's incredible today that China boasts of having a 200 million man army. All the events that you see taking place in China today, China is disrupting much of the world's economy and much of the governments. Now their attention is centered around China. In my study over this uh, last several weeks and even months as I've been preparing for this lessons, as I begin to study, it seems like much is coming back in line with China in all of the chaos and all of the trouble that's, being, that's happening around the world through that state. And they are the one that boasts of this 200, man ar 200 million man army that we will see and read about here in Scripture. We know this, that Europe is going to be reunified like the former Roman Empire. We're going to see in, in um, Daniel chapter number seven, there has been major world empires and, and this, last, this last empire, this last one before the return of Jesus Christ, the one that the, the uh, Antichrist is going to rule and reign is going to be just like this, the old Roman Empire, it's a reunified Roman Empire. Chaos is all around and in and around Israel. This is important to see. Israel has returned. God has gathered his people back into their land. This is a major part of Bible prophecy, but chaos is still surrounding them. Enemies all around Israel. At any moment, Israel is, could be attacked. And isn't it interesting that thousands of missiles can be lobbed on a country and the country that those missiles are lobbed on are the one that is seen as the, the one that's wrong? We see terrorism around the world. We see it and we feel the effects of it here in this country. But it's not just America that sees terrorist, around, uh, uh, terrorist activity or in fear of terrorist activity. Israel lives with terrorist activity and fear of it every day. In Europe today, there's much activity. They live in fear of terrorism. Around this world, terrorists are on the rise and there's a call for peace, but it's just a false peace. 
perilous times are here. The sea is seething and is boiling. And the world is waiting to erupt in war. Now I say that not as a doomsday prophet. I just simply identify that these are the events that are going to take place in order for the rise of the Antichrist to come. And we see these events unfolding before our very eyes. In verse number one, also, I want you to see this. Not only did he see them ri him rise up out of the sea, the Bible says, having seven heads and 10 horns, and upon his horns, 10 crowns, and upon his head, the name of blaspheming. Would you write this down, please, someplace your notes? It's Satan's attributes. Satan's attributes describe the beast. Look with me just a page over in Revelation chapter number 12, verse number three, look there, and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns upon his head. Who are we describing? That great dragon, that great dragon, verse number nine, the Bible says this, and that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil. Isn't it interesting the attribute that the beast has is the same attributes as Satan himself. The beast has all of the attributes of his father, Satan. This one that's going to come, this one that we call the Antichrist, the son of perdition, the little horn, this one, the Antichrist, is going to be filled with Satan himself. You see, Satan's goal and Satan's uh, 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 desire is to have this entire world worship him. That's his goal. And during the time of the tribulation, as this Antichrist rises, Satan is going to fill this man, this, this Antichrist, this, this anti-God. He's going to fill this man and give him all authority and give him all power that Satan possesses here. He's going to have all the power of Satan in him. Go to 2 Thessalonians, if you would, please. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2. Are you with me today? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 9, the Bible says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. Now, who is, who is Paul speaking to? He's speaking to the church at Thessalonica, and this is where we find much of, of the, the return of Christ. This church here, they longed for the coming of the Lord to the place where they stopped everything they were doing to simply wait. They thought the Lord was coming there in their lifetime, and Paul says, no, no, uh, you've got to occupy. You've got to work. Don't, don't just take it easy. There's a job to do, and so he begins to tell them, we find much in Thess uh, uh, First and Second Thessalonians, we find the rapture of the church. We also find Paul says this, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Paul is speaking of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to perform the last or, or, or the, all the lust and all the works of Satan. Everything that Satan desires, the Antichrist, when he rises to power, his responsibility, his goal is going to be fulfilled. Every lust and every work that Satan desires here upon this earth. Look with me in verse number 13, uh, chapter 13, verse number two. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. 
And so we, we see this, number one, we see the beast is like his father, Satan, described just like Satan in chapter 12. We also find in verse number two, the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him power and his seal, and I'm sorry, in his seat and great authority. Now turn with me, if you would please, to Daniel chapter seven. Where do we find, where do we find this lion, this bear, this leopard? Where do we find this in scripture? Well, Daniel chapter seven tells us. In the book of Daniel, we find where it's described, the the world empires. There's four great world empires that we've seen in history. The fifth is going to be this one that we're reading of in Revelation chapter 13. Those four great empires of the world, if you would mark this down, number one is Babylon. Number two is the Medo-Persian or Persia Empire. The third was the the Grecian Empire. And the fourth was the the Roman Empire. Those were the, the four great empires. And Daniel prophesied of these great empires. And he describes them. Look with me in verse number three of Daniel chapter seven. And four great beasts came up from the sea. The verse, one from another. And four great beasts come up. And as Daniel is looking out, or as John is looking out, they're seeing this sea, this sea there of the world, the sea. And many would believe it's the, even the Mediterranean Sea there that they're seeing these empires coming from. The first was like a, a lion. The second, verse five, was as a bear. Verse number six, the third was as a leopard. You see, here we find in Revelation chapter 13 that Babylonian empire was described as a lion. The Medo-Persia empire was described as a bear. Daniel describes this one. The the, the empire of Greece was described as as a leopard. And as John sees these uh, this, this Antichrist coming out of the sea, and he describes this one just like he sees all of the former empires. He, he will be the last of world empires before Jesus Christ comes. And that, this last world empire is going to take on the form of previous empires. He's going to take on the form of uh, Babylon. It's, it's regalness. It's, it's uh, the, uh, the, the, the Medo-Persian, the bear, the might of it. Greece, the leopard, the, the swiftness of it. All of the, the attributes of the former world empires, the Antichrist is going to take on all of those attributes. And he's going to rule the world. And so we see in Revelation 13, as we see his attributes, their attributes as Satan, their attributes of the the former world empires that we see in Daniel chapter number seven. We're going to see this as the revised Roman empire. Look with me in verse number two again. He says this, and the dragon gave him power and his seat and great authority. 
as we see this Antichrist that is going to come and begin to rule the world and, and say that he's going to bring peace, his goal is not going to be peace. His goal is going to be world dominion. Satan will do everything he can to deceive and to lie. Satan is not interested in peace. He is wor interested in worship. Satan is not interested in, in mankind living in peace. He is interested in all of mankind worshiping him and he will do anything and everything that he possibly can do in order for mankind to worship him. And here in verse number two, the Bible tells us that this antichrist is going to, from Satan himself, is going to receive power, he's going to receive his throne, and he's going to receive authority. There's coming a man that will give himself to the devil and receive the power of Satan upon this earth. In a like that we've never seen before. We have seen dictators like, like Hitler and, and others in Stalin and others in this world. And I would dare say this, the, the Antichrist is going to be more wicked and more ruthless than any other dictator we've ever seen in history. Because this man is going to be filled with Satan himself. This man has an agenda His agenda is going to be to point all mankind to Satan so that Satan is worshiped. Number three, would you write this down? I'm hurrying this morning. I want you to see the appeal that disguises the beast. We're going to see this appeal that's going to disguise the beast. And I saw in verse number three, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And this deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. All the world wondered, this beast, this antichrist is going to have worldwide appeal. You see, the description that John gives us of the beast does not describe his appearance, but rather it describes his character. Because the appearance of the beast is going to be one of great charm. The appearance of the beast, the one, that the, the, one the antichrist, is going to have great intellect. He's going to be able to speak great messages. He's going to be followed greatly. I believe he's going to be one of, uh, that, that one of, that is very handsome. He's going to have great appeal. He's going to have great charm. And so as we see him described as a beast, this is not his physical character, but rather his characteristics of this person. He's going to be a beast. He's going to come and he's going to devour. He's going to come just as Satan, a, a beautiful, looking like a, a light, but he's going to come with an ulterior motive. He's going to use this counterfeit resurrection. In verse number three, the Bible says he was wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. He's going to use this counterfeit resurrection and it's going to entice all the world to follow him. You know, it's very interesting that we find of Satan. He tries to mimic every single thing that God is. And everything that God does. And we saw this last week when we saw the beast and the false prophet, Satan. Just like the Trinity, Satan tries to mimic God. Why? Because we find in Revelation chapter number 12, there was a war in heaven. Satan wanted to be like God. He wanted the worship that only is due to God. He wanted the authority that was only due to God. He was jealous of God and he desires to be God. And he mimics every single thing that God is, even down to even the resurrection. Satan here, the Antichrist, is wounded to death, and then he is, he is 
healed from this, this counterfeit resurrection is going to cause all the world to follow him. A very seductive appeal. I want you to write this down. We also find in this passage of scripture, the ambitions that drive the beast. These are his ambitions. Look with me in verse number four. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Would you write this someplace in your notes? What is the ambition? What's the drive of the beast? Number one, we see in verse number four, he wants people to worship Satan. We see it happening even today. This great appeal for anything anti-God. You know what we read of today? One of the fastest growing religions in the world today is not Christianity. It's not even, some would say, well, it's easy. It's probably uh, the Muslim religion. No, it's not even uh, uh, Islamic religion. You know what it is? It's satanic worship. The fastest growing religion, even in our country today, is satanic worship. It is an anti-God. And this is going to culminate here in the tribulation. The, the beast or the antichrist is going to point all men to the dragon who is Satan himself. He wants people to worship Satan. This has always been Satan's desire. Verse number five and six, look with me here. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Number two, would you write this down? The ambition that drives the beast. One is he wants people to worship Satan. Number two is to, to defy God, defy the Savior. He's a blasphemer. He enters the temple of God, the Antichrist. During the tribulation time, the temple uh, is going to be rebuilt in Jerusalem. You say, how is that even possible? The answer is, I don't know. But we know that the, uh, the, the Bible tells us the temple is going to be rebuilt and, and uh, the Antichrist is going to sit in the temple there in Jerusalem and he's going to proclaim himself as God. He's going to blaspheme God. He's going to enter into this temple. He's going to sit into this temple. He's going to present, present himself as God. Verse number seven, the Bible tells us this, and it was with, given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. His goal, number three, his ambition is going to be to destroy the saints. You say, well, I thought the saints were raptured there are going to be some that are going to be saved during the tribulation time. There's some that are going to, the gospel is going to be presented and in the gospel, people are going to believe in the gospel. There are the ones that are not going to receive the mark. And those that don't receive the mark, those that believe in Christ, those that do not follow the beast or the, the, the great dragon, Satan, they are going to be beheaded. They're going to be persecuted. Great war is going to be taken against them. His desire is going to be to destroy the saints, persecute and kill the believers. Look with me in verse number seven as well. The Bible says this, and it given power was given unto him over all kindred tongues and nations. 
Listen to me, in verse number seven, it's dominate society, it's global control. The desire of the Antichrist is going to be global control. And we see this happening in our world today, all lining up, all coming together where there is total control, world domination. In verse number eight through 10, look with me there. The Bible tells this, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. His goal is gonna be this, to delude sinners. Oh church, listen to me, the closer we get to the end of time, we are going to see more satanic worship. As I said, satanic worship is the fastest growing religion in this world today. The Antichrist, I believe this. We may not know who he is by name today, but if the Lord's return is near, the Antichrist is making his way to power even today. And I know there's many that think it's this or think it's that, and I can't say who it is, and no one I think can properly say who it is, but we know this. There's one that's going to rise to power, and his goal, his aim is going to point all mankind to sure destruction because his goal is going to be to worship Satan himself. We find then the last portion of this scripture, and I need to be finished today. We find the one who supports the beast. And that's when we get into what we studied last week. We come into this, we come into the false prophet. And let me just show you this, verse number 15. And he had power to give life under the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Number one, you mark this down, there's coming a day, there's a one world religion. And that one world religion is going to be worshiping Satan himself. The desire of the last revised Roman empire is going to be total dominance in the area of worship. In verse number 16, and he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark in their right hand or in their forehead all is gonna come underneath of this one world government. Could you imagine one man having the power for all the entire world to receive this mark? In verse number 17, with this mark, that no man might be able to buy, sell, or trade, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. No man is going to be able to buy, sell, or trade. You know what we find here as well? Not only do we find a one world religion, not only do we find a one world government, we also find a one world economy that all the world today, church, it's driving toward that. It's driving toward that. Every banking system, I just studied this past week, there's a, a cry for a a to diminish all the banking systems that we know it today and just have one global banking system. Globalism is on the rise today. 
nationalism, those that are, are, are uh, support their own country and nationalistic type of thinking is, is uh, looked down upon today. We see open borders that are pushed around this world. Why are all of these things taking place? Why do we see these things happening in our world today? I'll tell you why. Because all of this is pushing toward the Antichrist. The one world religion, one world government, one world economy. What do we as believers do? We know this, that Jesus Christ is coming. And these things are going to come to pass. But the Bible says this, Christian, look up. Your redemption draweth nigh. Your redemption draweth nigh. If it was simply this, in destruction, in, in, in chaos, we as believers, we would be in trouble. But I want to encourage you with this thought. These things are going to come to pass because the Bible prophesies of this. But all of this must come to pass because when this is through, Christ is going to set up his kingdom. He's going to rule and reign and we're going to rule and reign with him. And it's called the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. So church, let's not get discouraged. Let's not get discouraged. Our redemption draweth nigh. These things are going to come to pass. This antichrist is going to come to power. The earth is going to be under his control. They're going to worship the dragon, but it's only for a time. Jesus Christ is coming again. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, as we get into some very difficult passages of scripture, as we get into the middle of Revelation, we see a very scary time for this world. And Lord, as we study the events that'll take place during the tribulation, a very scary time. But Lord, we have victory because of the Lamb of God. Because of your death, your burial, and your resurrection, you have defeated Satan. And so Lord, I pray that you encourage our hearts with these things today. And as we study the truth, Lord, we that no Christ won't be here for these events, we'll be in heaven. But Lord, may this give us passion, may this give us zeal, may this give us a reignite a fire within us to share this truth with a lost and dying world. We rejoice that Jesus is coming again. But for those that reject Jesus Christ, there'll be no hope. There will be destruction. Satan is going to deceive. And great agony is going to come to this earth. So Lord, our hearts rejoice because we know you, but our hearts are heavy because our desire as a church, as your body, is to tell the good news of the gospel so mankind can be saved from this sure destruction. 
with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want you to stand with me, please. We're gonna have a time of invitation. If you need to join the church today or maybe be baptized today, I invite you to come now. But with heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, my question that I wanna ask you first is this, do you know Jesus Christ as your savior? Are you born again? Are you saved? Is your faith in the finished work of the cross? Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, went to the cross. He shed his blood so that you and I, our sin payment could be paid, could be satisfied. The Bible says that we are dead in trespasses and sin. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none worthy. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God commended his love toward us or he demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, while we were in that place, Jesus Christ died for us. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Why do we study end times prophecy? Why do we care about events when we're going to be in heaven? We care because if you're here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your savior, that's why we care because we want to spend eternity with you. We want you to know the same Savior that we know, the same Savior that died for your sins, the same Savior that came and paid your sin debt, the same Savior that reconciles you back to a holy God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much of that sin you've committed. What matters is if you trusted Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your family has done. It doesn't matter what, what you, who you come from. It doesn't matter your parents' last name. None of that matters. What matters is this. You're a sinner. And you've the only way to be reconciled back to God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Is there one here today that you would say this? Today, I need to be saved. I need to be born again. I need to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. Would you please pray for me today? Is there one like that today? Just slip your hand up. Slip your hand up anywhere here in this auditorium. Is there one? Today, I need to be saved. Is there one? Don't wait. And Christian, I say this every week. This ought to motivate us. How many of you believe Jesus is coming again? Would you raise your hand? How many of you believe he's coming again? How many of you believe time is short? And we have a job to do. We have a, a gospel to proclaim. Why he chose us to proclaim his gospel, I don't know. All I know is that what his, that's what his plan is. And let's be diligent. Let's occupy till he comes. Let's labor for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's live for the Lord. Sudden destruction is going to come to this earth. Mankind is going to suffer. Mankind does not have to suffer because Jesus Christ, he paid your sin debt and we rejoice in that today.
close in prayer today. I'm gonna ask Jeff if you'd please come. Church, don't leave here unless everything is settled between you and God. Don't leave here with fear and anxiety. Don't leave here with the fear of the future. God is in control. Let's trust him today. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this message that we heard today. Thank you so much for a pastor who studies and, and preaches your word. Lord, thank you so much for uh, telling us just how things end through the prophecy. Lord, give us uh, hope. Uh, may we be encouraged through this message that we know your son is coming. Lord, uh, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. May you strengthen us, encourage us, and help us to live for you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Who the sun sets free, always free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I Thank you.